Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your other host, Jane. And we're your favorite podcast, all about the funny little book series. For now. For the last time. For the last time. Uh, Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Well, this isn't the last time. We're going to do like retrospective. Oh yeah, but this is the last time we're going to be covering like chapters in depth. Yeah, this is the end of an era. This is the final like chapter episode of... The Percy Jackson and the Olympian novels that everybody grew up with and loved. Mark it in history books, everyone. You can you can mark your calendars by this. People talk about Jesus or whatever, but here we we split history into which Rick Ryden books we're covering on our podcast. There's so there's B U G and then there's P U G. And what does what does that stand for? Uh, before unwise girls and post unwise <laughs> girls. If you have the choice, study PUG history. It's a lot shorter and simpler. <laughs> but there's also, uh, they sound like bug and pug, and I think those are both cute things sometimes. Hmm, depends on the bug. Pugs are it always does, good, though. It does, it does. The pugs are always good, you're right. Uh, Jane. Hello. You have a special honor tonight. Mm-hmm. You have the special honor of doing the final summaries for these books. I do indeed. I... Forgot to open them. Careless, I'm firing you. <laughs> it's okay, you can just write some new ones on the fly. Cool. Alright, so... um. Alright, chapter 21. Blackjack gets jacked. After leaving the throne room, Percy has a quiet chat with Hermes, where the two talk about how the mortals are already shrugging off the battle, and Typhon, and getting ready to move on with their lives again. The conversation then turns to whether or not Luke understood that his father loved him. Hermes believes that he didn't. Knowing his son's fate, he kept his distance so as not to alter the final heroic decision he made, miserably accepting that it would make Luke hate him and believe that he was unloved on his deathbed. Percy, meanwhile, insists that Luke understood at the end and that he probably realised that Hermes truly loved him, and the reminder of the importance of family is what spurred him to kill Kronos. Hermes appreciates the sentiment, but corrects Percy on one point. Kronos isn't dead. Scattered to the winds, certainly, and possibly so badly hurt that he'll never completely recover, but there's no way of telling. The other Titans, meanwhile, have either gone to ground or come crawling back to the Olympians. Hermes also expresses doubt that Zeus's promise to treat the demigods better will stick, but Percy is optimistic that it will, and promises to find Hermes' other children scattered around the country. After that discussion is over, Percy gets ambushed by another god, Athena this time. She knows that Percy gave up godhood partially because he wants to be with Annabeth, which she won't get in the way of, but she warns him to be careful. He yielded and avoided indulging in his fatal flaw this time, but she's not sure if he's strong enough to do it again. Then she sets him on fire at the hull and leaves. Percy meets up with Annabeth at the elevator and the two head down to the lobby to meet Sally and Paul, and they have a tearful reunion together. However, this is quickly interrupted by Nico arriving and telling Percy that Blackjack has been stolen by Rachel. Chapter 22 I am dumped. Percy, Annabeth, and Nico realise that Rachel must be heading for Camp Halfblood, and take a trio of hippocampi to try and get there before her. However, they arrive too late. The big house is already shooting green light and fog out of its windows when they get there, and Chiron intercepts Percy before he can go in and interfere, 
saying that he invited Rachel here because he believes that Hades has now lifted his curse on the Oracle. It turns out he has, and Apollo arrives to seal Rachel's pact as the new Oracle of Delphi, finally freeing the spirit from the rotting corpse in the attic. Before everyone can even fully process or recover from that, Rachel convulses and gives her first prophecy. Not just any prophecy. Now that the Big Three prophecy has been fulfilled, it's time for the next great prophecy. Seven half-bloods shall answer the call. To storm or fire the world must fall, an oath to keep with a final breath, and foes bear arms to the doors of death. Rachel doesn't remember giving this prophecy, but everyone else freaks out, before Apollo clarifies that it doesn't signal imminent catastrophe. After all, the last great prophecy took decades to come to fruition, so it's probably fine. Probably. Rachel also, sadly, still needs to go to Clarion Academy, but will stay at camp until they sort out what to actually do with her, since she's the Oracle now. She also implicitly dumps Percy and tells him to go and get with Annabeth. We then get a quick montage of campers returning, funerals for the dead, especially Silena's, where she's claimed as a hero by both Ares and Aphrodite cabins, and the secret that she was a spy is permanently buried, Grover reuniting with Juniper, and dinner at camp. After everyone else leaves, Annabeth surprises Percy with a cake that Tyson helped her bake to celebrate his birthday. In all the chaos, it hadn't even occurred to Percy that he turned 16 today, just in time for the prophecy to resolve. They share the cake, and then Percy awkwardly and painfully stumbles through an awful confession, which ends when Annabeth kisses him. Unfortunately, it seems the entire camp turned back up just to see this moment, which they had all seen coming a mile away, and to help them cool off, Percy and Annabeth are dumped in the canoe lake by all their friends, where they decide to chill out in an air bubble at the bottom for a while. Chapter 23. We say goodbye. Sort of. Camp has extended by two weeks into the school year to allow for rebuilding after the battle. In this time, the gods keep their promises, and Grover's satyrs are worked to the bone retrieving dozens of newly claimed demigods. More cabins are being built for the minor gods, and Nico has personally overseen the construction of Hades' cabin. While looking at all of this, Grover says regretfully that he's going to be travelling a lot to seek out more demigods, so he won't see as much of Percy for a while. Despite this, they both affirm that they were and still are best friends. On Percy's last walk along the beach at camp, he runs into a familiar face. Poseidon, chilling out on the shore in his traditional beach bum outfit. He thanks Percy for convincing him to come to the gods' aid, even if it did lead to his palace being destroyed. Like Percy, he's optimistic that the gods can learn to be better, and says that he's looking forward to Percy meeting all of Poseidon's other kids next summer. Percy can't tell if he's joking about that or not. At the last feast before camp ends, Percy receives his fourth bead, and sees Hestia attending the flames at camp. He doesn't approach her, realising that she doesn't mind not being noticed here. The next morning, Annabeth and Percy watch the campers leaving for the year. Rachel is heading off for Clarion Academy, and Percy notices that Annabeth seems a lot more ambivalent towards her now that she's no longer a romantic rival. Annabeth and Percy will both be going to school in New York, so they'll be able to see each other all the time, in between Annabeth's work on rebuilding Olympus anyway. They briefly discuss the implications of Rachel's prophecy, before deciding that it's probably not worth worrying about, and that they may not even have to deal with it in their lifetimes. They instead challenge each other to a race down to the road, and the two of them dash down Half-Blood Hill. For once, Percy doesn't look back. So, for the final time in this series, what did you think of these chapters? I'd like to say, uh-huh. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, it's a perfect series. <laughs> It, it, it's okay it, this was really good this was a great ending it, yeah definitely I enjoyed this a lot Jane tell uh, me about 
tell me every get it out of the way what'd you hate what what did you hate (laughs) tell me uh i mean we because i fucked up we covered most of the stuff that i hated last week Uh uh-huh which is i i stand by what i said hermes got off too easy he got off a little bit too easy i don't i'm not interested in talking about it more listen to the last episode but (laughs) like yeah I, i understand what you mean that being said i i actually am quite glad that i um accidentally fucked up and covered that last week yeah because i tunnel visioned on that stuff then and that meant that when i was like rereading the chapter for this week i noticed some like really interesting stuff in that conversation i think that i wouldn't have picked up on otherwise which is i really like the um that the the hermes conversation kind of like returns to a theme that we haven't really seen since book one which was the idea of like staying in touch with reality like it was a really prominent motif in that book that like the mortals would always get distracted from what was going on around them and kind of neglect things to the point of disaster and we see that again here like exactly with um hermes like saying oh yeah they're just gonna blame typhon on a series of freak storms they'll figure out some way to justify why i don't know was it like two presidents are just like their statues are strangling each other in the middle of the river or something I believe it was it was uh fucking the the voting lady and um uh, uh-huh. Frederick Douglass. Right. Uh neither of whom were presidents, but I understand your confusion, you're British. I figures from American history. Yes, yes. And this is like a, a parallel is it explicitly well implicitly drawn between them and the gods. Like Hermes also gets into like oh the gods are also quite forgetful and have a tendency to leave things until like the last minute and everything goes horribly wrong because of it which i think is just it's a neat and subtle way to um reinforce that theme one last time before the series ends yeah i agree Uh, what what did you think of this conversation what what did you like about it you know i think that um I like what a sad sack of shit Hermes is you know (laughs) i he's just a real bum and i I think there's something about that that does still appeal to me. And so far as like, I liked it when he was just some dude walking on the beach. Like that was peak Hermes to me. Uh huh. And now he's kind of just some dude again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we also learned that he controls the media. Yeah, that's hmm. <laughs> that's fascinating. I, you know, I knew I knew the gods had their own like television station. I didn't realize they also controlled human media. One day they're going to get their wires crossed and you'll turn on fucking CNN or whatever and it'll just uh-huh. be Ares boinking Aphrodite. Almost certainly. <laughs> I... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jane, here's a question. Okay. If we're, if we're being critical up top, did the Titan stuff just kind of fizzle out? A little bit, yeah. That's, I think that got wrapped up a little too easily. Like, there is that whole dream sequence about, like, oh, they're they're digging in on yeah. that Authorus. They're... It feels like that didn't, didn't get resolved enough. Authorus just explodes off screen. It, it does. And <laughs> it, it just kind of... Maybe this is a thing. Maybe this is, like, a subtle sequel hook. Mm. It could, I, does it Rick could have be. any need for subtle sequel hooks when he is uh, very cheekily putting explicit sequel hooks here? You mean like the last chapter, which is titled We Say Goodbye, Sort Of? And also the prophecy, which like I assume sets up Heroes of Olympus or something. 
Uh-huh. I, you have to assume so. It'd be really funny if it didn't. <laughs> it actually is like 70 years in the future. We just never see it. Yeah, Heroes of Olympus happens, and it's just about something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that, actually. That'd, that would actually be, be really funny. funny. Um... I I wish there was more like like I don't know I know we got like the fight with Hyperion and that was cool you know but eh. mm-hmm. yeah and it, it it sucks that we like we didn't get to see Prometheus again like the last time we see him he's just getting like kicked around in a dream sequence yeah and like I like Prometheus so I wanted to see yeah. some more of him if that was okay but it wasn't I guess <laughs> but I don't know that's pretty much all my thoughts on that first chapter honestly my last thought is I. I like that it's kind of left ambiguous whether Percy actually believes that Luke uh, cared about Hermes at the end. Yes. Because I, I feel like the the evidence that we have points to no. Like, Luke Luke was thinking about his found family. He, I don't think in that moment, really gave much of a shit about Hermes. Yeah, I think part of what alleviates, um, like, what you were talking about last week, where it was like, Percy is being too forgiving of Luke too. I think that, like, it taking place so largely in this conversation with Hermes softens it a little bit because this whole thing feels like him like being like, yeah, sure, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> Your son loved you. He was a hero. I suppose that is true. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things I like about Percy as a character is he's very empathetic. He is empathetic. I like that a lot about him. He's, in in the meme of uh, I saw some really good art the other day that was you know the the famous meme of like it's okay to ask for help you know uh-huh. uh, you're bra- you're braver than you think murder is okay <laughs> uh, and and Percy was the one who says it's okay to ask for help and I think that's that's true to his character. Yeah. Also, uh, you you sent me that that image, and uh-huh. you like you very cleverly um, like scribbled out one of the characters because it was a spoiler. Uh huh. And then like. Half an hour later, I opened Twitter.com, and because I have notifications on for Duchess Swampert's tweets, uh-huh. I just immediately saw the uncensored version. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I didn't understand it. You don't know what that means. It's Absolutely okay. not. But, yeah, uh, do we want to move on? Uh, oh, wait, Athena's chat with Percy. Oh, Athena, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was cute. I, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's a subtle little resolution to the yielding plot because like we didn't get a big moment during the finale where like oh Percy looks across at the fire and he sees Hestia's eyes looking back at him and he remembered what she said about yielding. Yeah. Like that shit just happens. Definitely. And here we get like the resolution to that is yielding is how Percy avoided indulging his fatal flaw. I didn't even connect until literally just the second the yielding is what Percy did at the end when he gave Luke the knife. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm, it was very, you know, well, good story, Rick, but also I, sometimes reading things three at a time makes things difficult for reading. It's true. But yeah, I like it's a subtle little resolution for that. It, It's just, it's, it's nice. It's neatly done. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, and, you know, there's a, the sometimes if they're not like super like stereotypical unfunny shit sometimes the like talking to the parent of your new partner is like a fun little scene to have yeah i think that's everything the only other thing that really happens in this chapter is like the reunion with sally and paul which is like sure that happened 
Yeah, it was, I don't know, it wasn't as like, you know, I feel like that wasn't the main emotional part of this shot. That wasn't what got me crying. That was definitely like, that was there so that we knew what happened to Sally afterwards and then we uh-huh. could move on. And, you know, I, it, was, it wasn't bad. It was oh, just definitely not. fine. We need, we need to move on to Rick securing his paycheck for the next decade. So there's a little thing here. Uh-huh. It's not commented on so explicitly, but Silena's um, burial shroud mm-hmm. is, or her death shroud, rather, is uh, accompanied by embroidered with an electric spear. It sure is. Which I I don't know if listeners you remember this, but the electric spear is Clarice's uh, signature weapon. Mm-hmm. God, that's <laughs> that's definitely what started getting me in my emotions Aww. there. They're in love. They were in love. Yeah, no, it's it's true. God, yeah, no. Uh, the 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 Rachel stuff was pretty good. I I I have a I like Percy as a character. Uh-huh. However, uh-huh. The bit where he's like nobody steals my Pegasus. That was so weird. It's it's weird A cuz it's kind of you know Blackjack as a person. Yeah. B, hey Percy, where did you get Blackjack from again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I it that felt like that felt like Rick being like, okay, wrapping this up. What would Percy say here? I guess nobody steals my Pegasus. All right. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess they've bonded, you know, throughout the throughout this book. I get. I mean, yeah, and they had like a bit of an adventure together in Titan's Curse. Yeah, yeah. So I can kind of see it, but it's just it 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 was one of those lines that was like Percy wouldn't say that exactly. Percy wouldn't say that. I th- I feel like he would be uncomfortable with the implication of owning this sapient being. It'd be like owning Chiron. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Somebody owns Chiron, probably. I mean, Kronos did own him. In the last <laughs> he owned him pretty epically. Smashing him into a fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um... Do we want to talk about the new prophecy? Yes, I I wasn't expecting this in our last episode, but it's time for the final prophecy prediction corner. The real final prophecy prediction corner. Because I'm sure we said that about the last one. Almost certainly. All right, folks. Line by line, just like always, let's go. Seven half-bloods shall answer the call. Uh, Good luck writing a book with seven POV characters, Rick. God help you. <laughs> I mean, there's there's only been one POV character so far, and it's been all right. Well, yeah, I know, but juggling seven, I I mean, it probably won't actually be seven, but you know. You think he's gonna start doing like alternating chapter like, point of view things rather than just like making the characters like through one single point of view? I'm almost certain that I've like from what le- actually I know that you will because I flip forward a few pages in my copy of this book. Uh-huh. And it has the first chapter of Heroes of Olympus. Oh, okay. And it has a like chapter title, number, name of the character. Oh, okay. So I assume that is like the POV it's from. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, to storm or fire, the world must fall. So is Typhon just back, or what? I mean, there's Typhon. There's he's uh, a big fucking storm dude. Who else is there? There's Hephaestus. He's fire. 
I feel like he's more robots than fire. But he is fire too. He said he said his beard was always on fire. That's his, true. He had a shit in a volcano, and by his shit I mean Typhon, I guess. <laughs> uh oh! What if Typhon and Hephaestus teamed up? I don't know because it says to storm or fire. Right. So it's it. It implies like opposing sides. I think. Yeah. Um. What's your theory on who those sides might be? Hmm. It's not gonna be like Kane Chronicles, is it? Because like no. that's about wizards, not half bloods. No, it won't be that tied in. Uh huh. You don't need to read Percy Jackson to read uh to read the Kane Chronicles. Hmm. I guess you could. I don't know. Maybe it ties into like the Norse god shit. Uh. Once again, you also don't need to. Read- <laughs> I. Okay, but one of the characters in that is related to Annabeth. Yeah, but you know, it's not quite the same. Also, I guess Storm could be Zeus. Also, that all came out after Heroes of Olympus. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, I thought King Chronicles was next, or is that chronological, not published? Uh, published. Whatever. Also, um, it came out kind of interweaving with Heroes of Olympus, but also I'm saying that Magnus right, Chase came out afterwards. I understand now. Yeah, Zeus's Storm could be Zeus. Just another god slap fight, I guess. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm most curious about fire. I'm like, who is this fire person? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oth- Satan. An oath to keep with a final breath. Hmm. I, I that there's no nothing we can even remotely glean from that. Somebody's gonna die to keep promise. It's true. Anyway, I feel like we've we've brushed over my. Very good idea. What was your idea? Which is Zeus versus Satan. Zeus versus just like real life Satan? Yeah. Just like actual devil hell? Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about how like from the rules that Dionysus explained earlier, like the Christian God has to exist. I guess so. So by extension, the devil must be real. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I Alright. So Jane is guessing <laughs> Satan. That's what my money's on. Um, and foes bear arms to the doors of death. Uh, Satan's house. Sure. Okay. So some <laughs> some foes are going to team up, and some some enemies are going to team up and get together to fight someone at the that at, at at hell at Dante's Inferno. I guess so. Well, you know, it's going to be an interesting next book. I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for them to establish all the Christian demigods. <laughs> it's just we're just gonna turn into American gods. American gods is uh, nothing compared to Percy Jackson. Uh, I think that is unironically correct. I I am not being ironic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, same. Yeah, no, no, no. Neither of us are being sarcastic. <laughs> Four lines seems pretty anemic for a great prophecy. Uh, yeah, it's pretty short. I, I wonder why. Uh, I think because Rick doesn't want to like tie his hands for the next book. I guess that's fair. Or like the next. I mean, if it's the great prophecy, then it's probably going to be the next like entire series. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, like we didn't get the full text of the great prophecy until like the last book of this series. No. I assume so that Rick could just like course correct if something wasn't going wrong. Was wasn't bleh, was going wrong? <clears throat> See you, monsters. I mean, I guess so. I feel like that's a little bit more difficult here because like they heard the entire prophecy already. 
Like, is Rachel going to be like, oh, sorry, still got some in me? <laughs> well, no, but that's that's what I mean. Like, he's... Because, like, the full text of the Great Prophecy for this was very specific. Uh-huh. Whereas this this one is so vague, it leaves lots of room, lots of wiggle room for, like, plans to change and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. I do like... It's, it's so funny to me that everybody is, like, freaking the fuck out about this. Yeah. And Apollo has to step in and calm everyone down and be like, wait, no... We're not all going to immediately die. I like Apollo. I like Apollo. I feel like he kind of sucks a lot of the tension out of that scene, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Because we, we still get tension about, like, oh, has Hades lifted the curse yet? Will Rachel die because of this? And I feel like Apollo is, like, a careless dickhead, but he's also generally been portrayed as quite nice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he wouldn't go for this if he didn't think that it was going to work. Right, right. I do like that he's still being a careless dickhead, though. Oh, definitely. I like I like that he does, like, a haiku while Rachel is dying. God, it's really funny. I like that he <laughs> then says that they should set her up with a cave with a gamer pad inside. It's, it's incredibly funny to me that Rachel is getting a gamer pad when she is the one handing out friend zones. God... <laughs> so, you know, I I I expected to like the I am dumped thing in this chapter to be the Rachel thing. Like I uh-huh. I know that you were going in like, oh, Annabeth's going to dump him. Yep. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> you were very wrong. Um but what I didn't realize and I should have said this last week because I was like, what if the dumping is a different meaning? <laughs> Um, what if, like, uh-huh. he gets, like, dumped into, like, a body of water or something? And, oh, shit, he does. And it turns out that's what the chapter means. <laughs> I only just caught that now. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, that's a really great scene at the end. Yeah, that's that's a nice little, like... That's a nice little, like, confession, love scene, etc. Don't know if I'm... I don't know. I'm not a shipper, per se, so I don't really care, but... I mean, you like a good story, right? True. And this is a good story, I would say. Yeah, I, I like him. I like him too. I, I don't know. It was just a sweet, charming little moment. She brings him the cupcake and she worked on it with Tyson. And, you know, that always makes my heart open up because Tyson was there. And yeah, which is weird to say now compared to like me, chapter two, I know. Sea of Monsters. That that is just like, uh, it got so much better as it went. Yeah, and I think really what secured it for me was the part where like everyone fucking comes out of the woods and is like, I knew it, and then fucking lifts them up on their shoulders and dumps them in the lake. Like that's perfect. Yeah, listen, we we all we all knew this was a possibility, and it captures that like summer camp vibe, right? Like this is yeah. This is what it needs to be because we need to be reminded that it's not just like a war ground. It's also like a place for all these t- kids to come together and make friends and like. Yeah, just it's like, not just a child soldier camp. Yeah, it's not just the child soldier camp, but it is also <laughs> a child soldier camp. It's true. I'm I'm sorry. I'm slightly distracted because I'm looking at like, I bought a Hunter Hunter poster today. Uh huh. And I'm just looking at it now, and I realized that they fucked up when they were putting Zushi onto it. What? They've they've not put his clothes like it's just his head floating in midair. Wait, no, no, he's he's got his clothes on. You're, I'm, I'm looking closer. He's got his clothes on. 
Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Sorry, it's the white border around Leorio's arm is like it makes the um, the shirt look blue. Yeah. So I thought they just like put a transparent layer there instead. No, yeah, he's got his white like <laughs> gi and his yeah. blue like shirt underneath. He's got it. like a black turtleneck on underneath. Yeah. It. I'm sorry, that was a very stupid aside. It's very fun. Jane got a brand new Hunter Hunter poster. She loves it. Uh, I do. My last one died tragically. What happened to it? I okay. I, like a few months ago, I was like, I got really sick from some food poisoning. Yeah. Like I was fucked up and basically not able to leave the house or eat anything. Yeah. And during this period, um, the Hunter Hunter poster kept falling off my wall. Mm-hmm. Like repeatedly and knocking over my stuff, and I didn't want to deal with it while I was sick. Uh huh. So in like a half delirious like rage i just crumpled it up and <laughs> stuffed it down the end of my bed oh my god and then <laughs> collapsed into bed for the rest of the day because that was all the energy i had <laughs> jane <laughs> you're like so frail <laughs> that was your greed island poster right that was the greed island poster and on the one hand, I don't like Greed Island. On the other hand, this poster doesn't have Bisky on it, so oh. it might be a downgrade. Yeah. <sighs> Bisky. I'm always thinking of her. Yeah. Um. What else? Juniper exists. Yeah, I've, that's literally what I've got written in my notes. <laughs> that's also what I have written in my notes. Just Juniper. Oh yeah, Grover's not gay exists. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, speaking of Grover, we kind of like misread the idea that like he was drifting away from the main cast, huh? Uh-huh. Because we kind of get the moment at the end here where like he and Percy reaffirm that they're best buds. There's a specific line here that made me laugh because it was like, Grover says, uh, Grover says, I'll be traveling a lot between protecting nature and fighting half-bloods. I may not see you as much. And Percy says, won't change anything. <laughs> and... <laughs> i was like damn it sure won't yeah i don't think it was supposed to read that way but fuck <laughs> uh you know i i you know i i can appreciate their friendship um i i'm i i can appreciate that it's there it, it sure won't change anything listen all i'm saying is that from like any practical point of view if you look at the last couple of books Annabeth is Percy's best friend, followed closely by Nico. I think at this point, Clarice might actually rank higher than Grover. <laughs> I don't think we're there yet, but, you know, probably pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, if we count, like, the, the short story they had together in Demigod Files. I guess so. I guess so, yeah. There, there should have been a Grover short story. I'm trying to remember. Was he in it? No, he wasn't no, in it. No, he wasn't ones. in the Demigod Files at all, except for, like, an interview. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was I, I like that chapter a lot. It's it's good. Um Grover has really been like leveling up, huh? Yeah, he's like God now. I I mean, it's really kind of funny from a certain point of view because like Grover is kind of the protagonist of an entirely different book series. <laughs> he's oh, like fuck, he kind of is. He's like been journeying through his fucking etch a ladder. No, shut up. <laughs> If I didn't say it, you would've. No, I wouldn't. I, you've made so many homesteck references, it's fine. Um, it's not my fault that you poisoned my brain. Yes, it is. Um, 
like he he started out and he was just like a really shitty like seeker or whatever um wait are they called seekers i think so yeah harry potter reference i hope not i hope not and then it was like oh actually now he's like a bit more advanced he's a bit older oh now he has uh the word of god inside of him oh now he's the lord of he's a lord of the wild and member of the council of cloven elders and he commands an entire like section of the entire like satyrdom and now he's running for president <laughs> i would you vote for grover uh uh, what are his policies i feel like i mean i feel like grove would pretty unambiguously just be like in the green party or something yeah probably i can see him becoming president and doing okay yeah he would say blah ha ha like he always does do some war crimes and then go on tv and say blah ha ha to distract everyone that's right <laughs> uh, um another really funny moment from this final chapter is um when when uh percy meets up with poseidon this this fucking section. Uh-huh. Poseidon makes maybe the most tone-deaf joke I have ever seen in a piece of literature. What is it? When he's like, oh, I can't wait for you to meet all the other siblings you have. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, I, I really, like, yes, it's extremely tone-deaf, and I love that, <laughs> because it's, like, exactly what, what we've been saying this whole time about, like, estranged biological father moments oh yeah no this is definitely like an intentional no poseidon's still a fucking weirdo yeah like he's he's he can be kind of cool but like he's also just like you shouldn't say that man like if he's telling the truth that's fucked and he put the world in danger repeatedly if he's not telling the truth, that's fucked leave percy alone yeah i do like the moment where he says though that like Hera forced Ares to write him a thank you card. <laughs> that is fun. I like that bit. I just like, like, Ares being, like, nagged by his mom to write his <laughs> uncle a thank you card. Like, I like that we still have those, like, like, it's what you said before. Like, there still is, like, a human family, basically. Oh, definitely, yeah. That's that's always been, like, one of the high points of the way the gods are portrayed in this series. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm happy for that. It is also very cool that he catches a sea serpent with his fishing rod. It is cool. Oh, and uh, we were complaining about how he had, like, no consequences for helping. We learned that his uh, his palace was destroyed. I don't think this counts. Okay. <laughs> Did you want him to, like, it die? Hmm? Did you want him to, like, die? No, I just... Uh, it is technically a consequence, but it's, like, right at the end of the series. It's one line. It's completely off screen. It's not completely off screen. They show it. Do they? Yeah, they show it kind of like a few chapters ago. I think they like when they oh, show right. like him co- like talking to Percy. Maybe I see. I listen. I appreciate the effort. I don't think this fixes my problem with that yeah. scene. Just to cl- I, I just wanted to clarify that there is in fact some degree of consequence. Uh huh. But yeah, yeah. Percy got to talk to his dad. It was mostly pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, the end of the year ceremony. What'd you think of that? Uh, that was really nice. I. I like that every bead has all the names of the dead ones written on it. Yeah. That's a really nice little moment. Uh, Chiron gets a nice speech for his send-off. He's come so far. He started off as a weird crypto-fascist with no bladder control. 
And now he's a pretty cool mental character with no bladder control. That's right. Uh, <laughs> wow. The Amish gamer. <laughs> he really came back in our hearts. Listen, that that is how he's drawn. You were right. I was right. I'm always <laughs> right about this. Maybe he's going to use the gamer pad whenever Rachel isn't in there. Oh, shit. Maybe they'll game together. Because <laughs> Chiron is the one who convinced her to become the Oracle, which, like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, hey, actually, yeah. What Would it have killed him to, like, quickly IM Hades and be like, hey, did you lift that curse yet? Right, right. Like, oh. It would have taken him, like, 30 seconds, or could he not spare the drachma? <laughs> Guess we'll fucking see if she dies. <laughs> God, holy I'm, shit. I'm glad that uh, we've kept Reckless Child Endangerment as one of his core traits right up until the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is just a really nice wrap-up. Like, I like the moment with Hestia. I like the part where Percy knows, like, this is his first time going back to school for, like, two years in a row. Yeah, that's really nice. It's it's like a wrap-up to a lot of the things that like been common throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's with the chat? The name for chapter twenty-one. Uh, blackjack gets jacked. I don't like that. I mean, please just write blackjack gets stolen. No, it's boring. <laughs> it's blackjack gets jacked. Is like a, there's like a fun rhythm there. It also uses the same word that's inside of blackjack. I know, but you don't want to hear the word jacked. I do not. What if it meant like he got really buff? <laughs> Like, Percy arrives at camp, Rachel is, like, squirming on the ground, dying, and Blackjack is there with, like, a fucking horse six-pack. Like, only his front forelegs are, like, huge. So he looks like a gorilla. God. (laughs) Anything else we need to hit before we get to the actual ending? You know, I think that's basically it. Yeah, I mean these these chapters are fairly short overall. Yeah, and they're they're a nice wrap up. They they got me plenty emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it was a it was definitely a wrap up. Probably a good thing that we didn't just do two chapters for this, huh? Definitely a good thing. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I really enjoyed the final line of the book. That is a great line. I love that. For once, I didn't look back. It's just, it's such a a nice and succinct way to bring across that, like, Percy has grown as a person and is ready to face the real world. Definitely. That being said, I don't think we've ever actually seen him leave camp and then looking back. I feel like we have. Uh, Have we? When? I don't know. For some reason, to me, I read that line and I was like, wow, he really has looked back every single time he's left camp. (laughs) And, like, obviously, I don't know if that, like is literally true on the page but it felt emotionally authentic oh no definitely it it works as like an end to his arc i'm just nitpicking yeah i i guess it's the kind of thing where it's like it felt so true that i didn't care enough to go back and look it's like it's like the hestia thing like oh percy saw her first night there no he fucking didn't (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so jane hello Percy Jackson. Oh, wait, I do actually... huh, what? I've got one more, th- I've, like two more things to say about the ending. Okay, continue. One, finally, at the very last minute, the irritating relationship between Rachel and Annabeth, it's over. It's finally over. We're free. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm kind of 
thinking emoji at like the last conversation they have about the prophecy. Right, right, right. Or I'm wondering if that's meant to be like almost like a counterweight to the um, stuff from the Hermes conversation. Uh, can you explain what you mean by that? So what I mean is like on the one hand we have the Hermes conversation which reminds the uh, reader of that theme of like you know stay in touch with reality don't just let yourself get distracted by inane bullshit uh-huh uh but at the same time we have this conversation near the end which is percy and annabeth looking at this like potentially very horrific thing and realizing we don't have enough information to do anything about this right now let's just enjoy this nice moment that we have together instead yeah just i just it's a nice way to, like, stop you from taking the first messages doom scroll. Definitely, definitely. It's the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, something bad is going to happen, and, like, we should be prepared for it when it does, but, like, you know, enjoy your life like a human being deserves to. Yeah, I mean, surely all the, like, improving the world stuff that the series is advocated for is if for nothing else for making more moments like this with percy and annabeth on the hill exactly so yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a nice little scene i like it hell yeah so jane hello percy jackson and the olympians book five uh-huh. the final fuck <laughs> the last Olympian. There was no such thing as the final fuck. Zeus will keep going forever. He will. Uh, what'd you think of it? There's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah. I I personally think that it stumbled quite hard towards the end. Mm. But mostly wrapped up all right. And there's some good shit in the middle. I, yeah, I, I, I think it had a couple stumbling points. I think that... Largely, I can gloss over most of like anything that feels weird about the end because it just still works in my mind. Yeah, there's like there's plot stuff that's kind of fucked if you think about it, but emotionally, it's all there. It's it's entirely all there emotionally, and that's kind of what I care about with Percy Jackson mostly. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm supposed to care about it all because like I, I don't know, I'm doing a podcast about it, <laughs> but I don't know, like it just works for me largely. I liked it a lot. It was a good book. Uh, the three extra chapters were definitely necessary. Oh, for sure. If it had just ended after the throne room thing, that would have been so jarring. Th- this way we get like a nice little send-off moment for pretty much all of the major characters who are still alive. It's weird because it does kind of feel like chapter 20 could have been the ending. Yeah. Like, everyone kind of gets their moment. Like, Dionysus finally says Percy's name right. Tyson gets, co- like a commendment uh everybody everyone gets a little wish well chapter 20 is like the thematic wrap-up right that's where we get like the series big thesis statement there there's a big difference between ending on on chapter 20 on like all hail perseus jackson hero of olympus um Uh versus ending it on uh and you know this time i didn't look back yeah definitely there, there's resonance there and i i almost feel like maybe there is a point at which like this was supposed to end at chapter 20 yeah i could see like a version of this where maybe it does end there because percy like takes the deal and decides to like become a god so that he can like do all the things he wants to do to improve things mm, and work from the inside instead, 
Yeah, in the way that definitely always works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad he didn't do that. <laughs> no, yeah, but this is this is the good ending. Mm-hmm. Again, except for all the ones who died. Y- yeah, yeah. Well, they got they they got honored on a bead on a necklace, so it's fine. Do you think Luke's on the necklace? Yeah, I'm. I'm he probably... I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, Ethan even got a shroud. Oh yeah, Ethan gets a nice little funeral. Uh, I don't think anybody would have spoken because nobody really knew him that well. He didn't have much of a personality to speak of. I don't think it's that kind of thing. I don't think they funeralize it. I think they just burn the shrouds and like look solemnly up or whatever. <laughs> Always two there are. No more, no less. What the fuck are you saying? Why are you saying Star Wars like shit? The, the, the funeral pie bit from the end of Phantom Menace where they all just stand around looking solemn while Qui-Gon burns. I didn't know about that. Jane, do you have any final words on this book? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I assume that uh, we're going to say, like, tier list ranking these for, like, the wrap-up episode on the whole series, right? I think so. But I feel like that'd be a better place for it. So, yeah, I think I feel like I've gotten out all the... Wait, no. Wait. Okay. One last thing. Okay. An addendum to last week... Just to put the boot into this book that I quite liked one more time. Uh-huh. Which is just, it confuses and annoys me in equal measure that Kronos, the crooked one, amazing mastermind who, like, pulls off some very genuinely impressive and evil plot throughout the whole series, mm-hmm. dies due to an unforced error. What's the unforced error? The unforced error is that he needed to wait, like, a day uh-huh. To return to his proper immortal form and, like, definitely win. But, like, his pride got the better of him and he went in before, like, before he was ready to. Right, and, right. Like, I'm I'm okay with a villain being too proud and fucking up and losing because of that. But I don't feel like that was Kronos' character at all. I disagree. We've talked about Kronos' pride being his flaw before. Have we? Yeah. Alright, I guess I have no choice but to believe you and to uh, concede that Rick uh, actually wrote a perfect villain. Jane, we've talked about this before. You promised to give me $1,000. It's on the episode. You can listen back to it. Uh, You know that I don't have the time to do that. So again, I have no choice but to simply transfer you that money. You know, I'm really happy. Uh, (laughs) You know what? This has been been really fun doing this, this with you, Jane. I think we'll continue continue me sending you a thousand dollars you know that but also we'll continue doing this podcast i would like that we're going to uh uh wrap this up we're going to head uh next episode you'll hear is going to be our movie episode oh fuck yeah we got we're gonna get a special guest on for that i think a different special guest to the one we had on for the last movie because this is a tradition i guess i guess so i mean there aren't that many movies so Oh, yeah. In fact, there are two. You do it two times, it's a tradition, right? I think so. Uh, after the Sea of Monsters movie, we'll be heading to our uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians retrospective. And then we'll probably jump right into the Kane Chronicles. Wait, what about the musical? I, I don't know. We can, we might wait on the musical. We'll do the musical at some fucking point. We'll do the musical eventually. The thing is, we can't like we can't set a firm date for it. Because this has, like, a cursed precedent. 
if we like we we finish the series, we do the movies, and then we say, okay, now we're going to review the stage show component of this. Ah. Yeah, we'll we'll just go into a never-ending hiatus, just like the Shrieking no. Shack. <laughs> it's ah. okay. We won't abandon you like that, listener. We promise. <laughs> uh, do we want to do our segment? Oh shit! I completely forgot to even think about something for that. Let's let's go. Let's for the final time of the series. Percy Jackson characters are not cis hat. Let's go. The problem is these chapters are so short, and so much of them focuses on the het relationship between Percy and Annabeth. Uh huh. Um, Rachel is going to go to a an all girls private school. Oh yeah, no, good point. Um, I'll I'll give it to her for this week. I'm wishing her luck. Um, Apollo still has annoying theater kid energy. Uh huh. So I feel like I feel like that counts. I feel like we've called too many characters not says het because they have quote annoying theater kid energy. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> have we're... we done that to many characters. I feel like I feel like we've definitely called Apollo that before. Apollo, uh, probably other people too. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Well. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Uh, if you'd like to reach the show, you can check us out on Wise Girls on Twitter, twitter.com slash unwisegirls. we got all our links to our favorite stuff, uh, which is our Patreon, which is you giving us money, um, or rating us, or going on our Discord server, or uh, all that kind of stuff. Do that. Uh, five stars really helps. Tell a friend, etc. For $1 a month on our Patreon, patreon.com slash unwisegirls, you get the role in our Discord server of Camp Counselor. For $3 a month, you get the special role in our Discord server of Friend of Dionysus. All of our bonus content as well. Um, and for $5 a month, you get to be a Aphrodite's Chosen. Um, and you get all of your bonus content also, uh, including such things as us talking about Homestuck, us talking about Rick Riordan's, uh, first book series for adults, uh, us talking about Hercules, Hadestown, various Greek myth things. Um, eventually there should be- The morality of targeting civilians during wartime. (laughs) Uh, how Legend of Korra is bad. Um, eventually we'll probably play some, like, RPGs and stuff and put them up on there. Yeah. Um, uh, and also a shout out at the end of episodes. Speaking of which, uh, this week we'd like to thank Mercy, Veronica, Friend, and Erica Fay. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. And as we always say, at the end of every single episode. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. Bye bye. Bye. And I'm really mad that Camp Half-Blood didn't get, like, dissolved or something so we could do that really fucked up ending idea we had. <laughs> Wait, what was it again? <laughs> we were just gonna, like, think of something else to say if Camp Half-Blood got fucking dissolved or something. See you never again, Camp Half-Blood. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, normal people who don't go to a camp. See you next week, unfortunately, currently looking for a new camp, Dionysus... Chiron, <laughs> all of the fucking staff, the sad little dragon. <laughs> the cleaning uh, harpy is just eating children. How much of this is staying in, do you think? I don't know. All of it, I guess. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.